It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Welcome, everyone, to the Divas That Care Network. Today's show, The Wow of Women, features the remarkable journeys of women whose powerful and extraordinary choices positively impact people's lives on a daily basis. Today's guest is tremendously inspiring, and it's my pleasure to introduce Agatha Carr. Now, I'm going to just do a little bit of a background on her so you can get familiar with her first. Um, Agatha works full-time as the outreach director and project and process manager at her church in Texas, the River City Community Church. She also works part-time as a book editor. She's a single mom, has two lovely, intelligent daughters. Uh, She's a member of Mensa, holds an MBA, and has emerged victorious from of an abusive marriage after a very long, a difficult divorce. Uh, I think it was almost four years. She's an ultra runner, and her current distance uh, PR in a single race is 152 miles uh, at the Jackalope Jam, which takes 72 hours to complete. Uh, and as she likes to say, I'm not fast, but I've got the courage to endure. Her newest uh, planned endeavor is a 600K running race around the state of Texas, in February, coming up in 2021. It's called the Tour de l'Etaha, and I'm sure I said that wrong, so if she could correct us. Um, but Agatha plans to use this race as her primary fundraiser for her mission trip to Costa Rica in March. And this is uh, exactly why we have Agatha invited you to the show. Um, you're such an inspiration. Thank you so much for taking the time out of a very busy life to visit with us and share your story today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Amy. Yeah, so now you call home Shirts, Texas. That's somewhere between San Antonio and Austin, right? Exactly, yes. <laughs> and um, I think it's wonderful that you have been able to find work that relates to your passion so directly. Um, you know, and I, I love the title of your show, Using Your Passion as a Ministry Field. And we'll dig into that a little bit further down the line. But let's just, to get started, you know, maybe you could share a little bit with us. You've, you've been through a difficult time. And, um, and I know that that, you know, has led you to, obviously, tremendous growth because you've decided to persevere. But if you wouldn't mind, you know, just share a little bit about your journey um, in getting to become this incredibly inspiring woman. Well, thank you for the compliment. Um, I guess I'll start with the beginning of my running journey. So that actually started when I was still married. There was another suburban mom in my area who had kids about my age who ran a half marathon. And at that point, I could not even run up the hill on our cul-de-sac. I looked at her and saw that her life was very similar to mine. And I thought, well, maybe if she can do that, I can do that too. So I spent six months training for my first half marathon, which was a road race. And I just became hooked on running. Um, I don't have an addictive personality, but I did discover a passion for running. And 
some things happened in life and in my marriage where I had to take a little break from running. But once I was able to return from running to running, that was right around the time that my marriage uh, fell apart. And I feel like ultra running is absolutely a gift from God because growing up, I was never athletic. I never participated in any sports. I was mostly homeschooled, so I didn't even learn how to play the sports. Forget about wanting to play them or not. Um, I would walk the mile around the track in high school. (laughs) Running was not my thing. Um, But I I feel at this point I should pause a moment and define ultra running. So a traditional marathon is 26.2 miles. Technically, an ultra marathon is anything greater than that. But the standard ultra distances are 50K, 50 mile, 100K, 100 mile, 150K, uh, 150 mile, 200K, and 200 mile. So as you mentioned, 152 miles is my current distance PR, but I do hope to shatter that in the coming months. Um, Anyway, back to my story of my running journey. When I came back to running, I had some friends who said, hey, we're kind of doing this trail thing. You should join us. And I said, okay, because I like my friends. So I went out and I started running (laughs) on the trails. And the first time that I set foot on a trail as a runner, it was a magical experience for me because I've always enjoyed hiking, but I thought that you weren't allowed to run on the trails. I had been taught that that was dangerous. So to find out that you actually can and are encouraged to almost felt like a kid in a candy store um, just to get to be out there in nature. (laughs) And so with ultra running, I started doing it and started running longer and longer races and discovered that that endurance is a God-given gift that I have. And so far, I have not met a distance that I could not conquer. So as you said, I am not fast. But I do have the endurance, the stubbornness, the persistence. And one of my favorite things about ultra running and what really helped me through those four years of struggle during the divorce is that out on the trails, it's such a supportive community. It's like a family. But at the same time, you also spend a lot of time running alone. So it's a wonderful time to be in nature, to talk to God, to cry, to fall down on your knees and pray to yell whatever it is that you need to get out you can run through all of your thoughts all of your emotions everything that you wanted to think and didn't have time to think and then you're still running but there's no more thoughts left and that is a perfect place of peace and um The other interesting part of trail running is that on road running, you can enter this sort of zen-like state where you just zone out and your feet keep turning and you can think about whatever you want. Trail running is a little bit different because it's more practicing present mindfulness because you have to be completely attuned to your surroundings with every step or you go down. And you're probably going to fall anyway. That's part of trail running. (laughs) But if you pay attention to the moment that you're in, you are less likely to get seriously injured. And that's an excellent lesson for outside life as well. Oh, that's an excellent lesson. I love that. So you, you've made this not only a kind of a release, but really a, a training in consciousness and being present. Um, and that does make sense because if you hit a rock the wrong way, you, you could twist an ankle and go down. So literally every step, determines whether you make another step. (laughs) Um, So it's not just perseverance. It's really, as you say, mindfulness. Um, And I love the way you describe being able to kind of process everything that gets jammed up during our busy lives, suddenly having the space to do that. I really love 
when you then get past that. And I don't know that um, we have a lot of ways to do that, you know, in our world. And so that's wonderful that you discovered that, in a sense, almost by accident, because you wanted to hang out with your friends. Um, I love that. So now, now what's interesting, too, is um, how I've, I've noticed that you have taken this beyond yourself and included your family um, with your daughters and your mother. Talk to us a little bit about how your love for this running has impacted your family. Sure. Um, my mom ran her first half marathon four days after her 70th birthday. And that's because she saw what I was doing and she thought it was inspirational. So I encouraged her to come along for the journey. And she is now a trail runner. She mostly walks, but that is completely allowed in trail running. And uh, she's currently getting ready to join the next 15K training program for which I am a certified coach. I'll actually be mentoring the 50K program this this coming season, but she's getting ready to do another 15K trail races. She's completed a lot of trail races in the four years since that very first one. And then both of my daughters have also become trail runners. Um, the older one has been a little more hesitant. She's not as much of a runner, but she is an excellent crew member. She knows how to give the tough love when I am struggling to complete my goal at the end of an ultra. <laughs> um, and then the younger one, she just turned nine, but she's actually completed over a dozen 5Ks in her lifetime already. And that's a mixture of trail and road. And really my, my goal for them, for each of them, is just to present a healthy role model. My favorite thing about running is the empowerment that comes because even though you might have coaches, you might have friends, you might have running partners. If you took those steps, you took those steps. Nobody else can run a race for you. So once you have achieved that, that is something that can never be taken away from you, regardless what your other circumstances are, how you're feeling about yourself, what people are telling you you're doing right or doing wrong in the rest of your life. That's an achievement that you'll always carry with you. So that's something that I want to pass to them is that healthiness and strength is more important than beauty or stylishness or any of these other things that are presented to the youth of today. That's beautiful. I love that. And yeah, what what an exceptional role model that is. It's also terrific life training. You know, as you pointed out earlier, uh, whether you're running or you're, you're on the crew, being able to learn how to coach someone or to receive coaching, you know, it's more than just the body endurance or even the personal peace. There's a whole social strata, uh, how do you relate pe- to people, you know, doing something, as you, as you put it earlier, it's a solo exercise, and yet there is a communal aspect to this um, that really involves being able to develop yourself socially um, as well, especially for, as you say, your, your older daughter, um, you know, isn't necessarily in love with running, but she's become really adept at being able to provide the support for someone, which is a huge and valuable learning lesson. And for your mom, who if it's been four years is now 74 years old, still doing races, that's really inspiring. <laughs> it's a great job. Well, let me ask you this. Um, through this process, if you don't mind talking about it a little bit, um, and divorce is never easy to begin with. Um, you know, and from what you mentioned here, I think you said it's 11,059 days it took. Um, that's an excruciatingly long period of time. 
how has your passion for running, uh, in your opinion, um, helped you get through a really challenging time? And That's an excellent children. question. I I do want to clarify it's 1,159 days, but, yes, roughly four years. Um, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I, 11,000 days, I don't know. I, <laughs> that sounds a little too long. Yeah, um, it was a little over the top. Thanks for correcting me. <laughs> <laughs> As I alluded to a little bit before, I feel that in each ultra run that I've done, God has really – spoken to me and given me one clear lesson that I could then turn around and use in my regular life. And one of the main ones that comes to mind right now is that just because something is hard, that's enough. You don't have to make it harder. And what I mean by that, my running example, is that I used to show up to races less prepared than I could be because I knew that I could do it without the extra preparation. But once I started putting in the extra preparation, I realized that it becomes much easier for me to complete it, but it's still a very difficult thing that gets rewarded when it is completed. And so I was able to take that lesson into life and say, okay, I'm going through hard things, but what can I do to make this time easier? I don't have to take the hardest path. I just have to cross the finish line. <laughs> um, well and another said. of the lessons that, thank you, that pops to mind right away is um, not looking back. Because in trail racing, when I first started running, I did not have confidence. And so every time I would hear a runner approaching, I would step off to the side of the trail. And it took probably a hundred of those fast mountain goat speed demon guys telling me, look, you deserve to be on the trail as much as I do. I will tell you when I'm ready to pass and just teaching me runner's etiquette and teaching me that I was worth taking up space on the trail and had value there, regardless of my ability compared to theirs. Um, that just not looking back, not turning around to see where the next person is, how far away they are, when I need to move over, just focusing on my race, what's in front of me, being aware of my surroundings. That really helped me get through some of the more difficult parts in the divorce area as well, because it's so tempting to look at a situation and say, oh, what did I do wrong? What could I have done differently? And while that is a part of the healing journey, when you're ready to take responsibility for your part, that's not a space that you need to live in all the time while you're going through something hard. Mm, that's beautifully said and really, really pertinent to uh, anyone who's in a challenging situation, no matter what the, the circumstances. Um, and again, it speaks in points to staying present. Um, I think we all do look back over our shoulder, and it's a wonderful analogy I think I will take with me, um, you know, because it's such a clear vision or picture to be on a trail and looking behind you of who's coming up <laughs> upon you. But to actually just be in trust, to know your own value, uh, what a wonderful lesson that is. And I also love the idea of let's, how do we make it not quite as hard? <laughs> what can I do um, to be accepting what's happening and still actually, you know, maybe improve it a little bit? And that's a really positive way to look at a challenging situation instead of be defeated by it, which comes back to that perseverance that you've learned in the running or discovered really that you have is an aspect of your personality that's really emerged, would you, would you agree, through the process of running? That um, Were you aware of the level of endurance that you had prior to this? I was not. 
I'm not sure anyone is mm-hmm. aware that they can run 152 miles until they do it. <laughs> well, that's probably um, true. <laughs> I'm in that category. <laughs> but it, it really is oh. the toughest thing for me with leaving that situation that I had in my marriage. And I have to be careful what I say because I do still have young children. Um, but it, it was a very tough situation financially, mentally, emotionally, physically, sexually, in all of those areas, I have bad experiences <laughs> with to do with the marriage. So that that's as much as I'll say about that. But in trying to leave that situation, um, it was very important for me, like you said, to understand my own value and also to understand how to keep going. So in an ultra race, there is a finish line. There is a definite time where you know whether you have nine miles left, 90 feet left, or 90 miles left, you know that you will finish. In that divorce process, I had no clear finish line. And every time I thought I saw one, it got pushed back and moved. And that was really the most difficult part of the process for me was learning to I knew that I couldn't control the process, but I am a very goal-oriented person. And so learning to break it down into smaller pieces and say, okay, I'm going to stop making finalization my goal, and I'm going to make getting through this week my goal, or entering this one order my goal, or just finding smaller pieces to take care of helped me direct my focus and really survive. I mean, Probably the first two out of those four years were just about survival. Um, And then Mm. in the second two years, there was room for much more personal growth and confidence building. And, you know, now I'm back to the person that I used to be. But in the very beginning, you have to eat 500 calories three times a day for your kids. You just have to. Just do it three times a day. And, I mean, it was at that point where I wasn't even eating or drinking in the first month, you know. So uh, drinking water, let me just clarify. (laughs) (laughs) So I I do want to say that's one of my favorite things about running. And whether your passion is running or knitting or whatever it is, it it doesn't really matter. There is something that God placed in your heart and that he will give you capability that you may not have known that you had. To complete. And one of my favorite things about running is that it does make people so vulnerable. I cannot think of very many other occasions, if any, in my life where I'm placed in situations where people have all their walls torn down. They're feeling like they're at their lowest point. They don't know if they can take another step. They maybe literally feel like they're dying, even though they're not. Um, And it's just something about that vulnerability makes the heart so open. And that's why I say that my passion has become my ministry field because I literally found God placing people in my path who needed to hear the messages that he was giving me. I mean, they were literally Mm -hmm. right next to me on the trail. (laughs) So I took that as a cue and I started pursuing that and looking for more opportunities to run with new people, to run with different people. And these distance races that take you know, 24 to 36 hours are an excellent time to really show authenticity. Oh, it's beautiful. And I love that you've made something that healed you, you know, from that you found something 
to address the challenges, you found a way through and then have turned that around to become a service to others that you see might, might be a few steps behind, so to speak, <laughs> um, in their <laughs> process, and, and be able to use your passion as a ministry. That's absolutely beautiful. And let, let's talk about that a little bit. Now, um, I know you've got this huge goal. Did I understand 600K? How many miles is that? <laughs> That's correct. Um, my math is a little hazy. It's somewhere between 362 and 372 miles, I think. <laughs> but it is 600 kilometers, and it is all on foot. It's not you run a little here, and then you get in a car and drive to the next place and run a little. It's um, it's all throughout Texas, so it's going to cover Austin, Gonzales, Bastrop, Houston, San Antonio. We'll go through seven state parks. We'll stop at some Texas institutions like Whataburger, the Shiner Brewery, the Texas Independence Trail. Uh, we have this great store with a beaver called Bucky's, so we'll be stopping at three of those along the way. Um, it's a one-time race put on by my favorite trail racing company, which is Trail Racing Over Texas. And yes, your pronunciation was a little more French rather than Tex-Mex. It's actually Tour de los Tejas. <laughs> um, wow, that's incredible. And how many days does that take? <laughs> well, the cutoff is 11 days. I think that I personally can complete it between eight to nine days. However, I am one of the slower, probably the slowest runner tackling this distance. So most of that time I will be running alone. Wow, that's incredible. All right, now, if somebody, now I understand you're doing this to raise money to go on a mission trip to help people in Costa Rica. Um, if somebody thought, well, that's just so wonderful, and they were inspired to be of support, and how could somebody get involved? How can someone support you with this? I love that question. Thank you for answer, asking. Um, when we go to Costa Rica, we will be doing several things there. So one of the things we want to do is donate computer equipment and help shore up the building structures there for students there to learn ESL remotely. So I will be one of the ESL teachers here in America, along with a group of other people from my church who are volunteering, and we will be teaching the students English as a second language via computer so that they can then use those English skills to obtain better jobs there in Costa Rica or via online methods. Um, we also plan to run a VBS and potentially we would like to set up a vocational training institute similar to the one that we have at our church here in America. So the race itself is paid for. Any funds that are donated will go 100% towards the mission in Costa Rica. I do have a website set up with more information about this. The short code to it can be found on your website for this show, but it's also bit.ly forward slash Agatha underscore 600K. The 600 is the digits, and Agatha is spelled A-G-A-T-H-A. Wonderful. And, yeah, and they can find the link just on, on your page here on the Wow of Women. Um, well, that's incredible. And how exciting. Is this your first mission trip? It is. It's my very first mission trip. And actually what's interesting about this pursuing your passion as your ministry, I know you mentioned that my title is outreach director, but that's a brand-new title for me. That's something that came out of some of the outreach that we were able to do during COVID. So I just want to make it clear that I was pursuing this passion and pursuing ministry outside of the church in my own way, in my own 
mission field long before that was part of my paid title. So this is something that was on my heart and connect and helping them reconcile to God and just reassuring them that there is a God who loves them and they are valuable and they are worth taking up that space like we talked about. Um, That's something that I've been doing for a while. And one of the things that I did is I established a community of runners from all different lifestyle choices, all different levels of faith, um, all different knowledge in biblical things. And that community, it was an online community, and we went through um, divorces, marriages, graduations, miscarriages, new births. We've gone through suicide attempts, a lot of things together. But the only reason that that community was able to exist was because I took a risk and stepped out of my comfort zone, and I put all those people in that group and said, look, this is a group that's a Christian group. I put you in here because you love to run, and I think you like God, and if you don't want to be here, you're welcome to leave. (laughs) And um, pretty much everybody stayed, and we just saw some amazing things come out of there. But I want to encourage everybody to have courage, step out of your comfort zone, look for opportunities, and remember that if you're truly pursuing your passion, God will renew your energy. If you're doing something and it is draining you, that is not your God-given gift. That's beautiful. I can't believe we've run out of time. Thank you, though, so much. I, I, I think everyone's going to walk away inspired and with lessons learned today. Agatha, you're really remarkable, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank In closing, you I want to thank... Oh, you're so welcome. I want to thank our, our, of course, Agatha, the producer of the Divas That Care Network, Candace Gish. We invite you to join us. Visit divasthatcare.com to hear more inspiring stories and perhaps one day add your voice to the conversation. We'd love to have you. With that, signing off, everyone. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.